How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic, overly emotional, and unpredictable thoughts and behavior. From Ars Longa Media, this is Cluster B, scientifically informed, expert insights into the four Cluster B personality types, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic, and histrionic personality disorder. Here's today's host, Dr. Todd Grande. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks, what are the signs of exposure to a narcissist? So really here, I'm not necessarily talking about being abused by a narcissist, like narcissistic abuse, of course that would be included, but just being exposed to a narcissist. So I'm going to look at both of these terms, narcissist and exposure, and then I'll talk about nine signs of narcissism exposure. So first, what is a narcissist? Narcissism is a set of personality traits. It's not a mental disorder, although there is a mental disorder associated with extreme grandiose narcissism, and that's narcissistic personality disorder. But generally here, when we talk about narcissism, we are talking about a set of personality traits. And narcissism can be divided into two types, grandiose and vulnerable. So with both of these types, we see a sense of entitlement, a need for admiration, self-centeredness, and low agreeableness. So this is somebody who's antagonistic. With grandiose narcissism, we see arrogance, being socially bold, being self-confident, having superficial charm, being callous, unemotional, optimistic, resistant to criticism, and having externalized anger. So tending to express anger in the form of affecting other people. Now, vulnerable narcissism has characteristics like being distrustful, resentful, feeling insecure, being hypersensitive to criticism, being socially awkward, pessimistic, cold, distant, unforgiving, and having internalized anger. So someone who directs the anger inside toward themselves, causing self-destruction. Now, when talking about narcissism, it's important to recognize that everyone has some degree of narcissism. It's actually required to survive. When we talk about a narcissist, we're talking about somebody who has more of these characteristics and the level to which these characteristics manifest is higher. It's more extreme. So next, what is exposure? So I talked about narcissism, but what is exposure? So in the context of narcissism exposure, it would be living with a romantic partner who's narcissistic, working with somebody who's a narcissist, or being in some sort of social group with a narcissist. So spending time with someone who's narcissistic and having some sort of communication and relationship. 
Sometimes this is referred to as psychological contact, and it doesn't always exist when somebody's near a narcissist. For example, if you were flying in an airplane and the person sitting next to you for four or five hours is a narcissist, but they don't say anything to you, or what they say doesn't really seem to have any narcissistic angle to it, that's not exposure to a narcissist. That's just sitting next to somebody who's narcissistic. Now, the worst damage that's absorbed from a narcissist is when that relationship involves a power differential. So when somebody who's narcissistic has power, control, or influence over you. Also, in terms of the signs I'm talking about here, there would be a presumption that the exposure is for a long duration, right? So if you just spend a few hours with somebody who's narcissistic, that's probably not going to have much of an impact on you. If you spend several months or years with somebody who is, almost certainly it's going to have some type of effect. It's not always a severe or extremely damaging effect, but there will be some effect in almost all those instances. Just like if somebody spent time with somebody who isn't narcissistic, there's going to be an effect just from spending time with somebody who has any personality. We spend time with other people and it changes us to some degree. So now moving to the signs of narcissism exposure, it's important to keep in mind these aren't the characteristics of the narcissist, but of the person who has been exposed to the narcissist. Also an important note here, many of these signs can also be caused by other factors, including mental disorders. So it's important to talk to a counselor if you see these signs. These signs are associated with suffering and a counselor can help with that. So sign number one of narcissism exposure is feeling unwanted, hated, and despised. Now, this isn't a vague feeling. This is actively believing that specifically the narcissist doesn't like you. So also related to this would be feeling odd or taken off guard or surprised when somebody treats you with respect or demonstrates that they like you. So kind of an uneasy or unnerving feeling when somebody treats you really like they're supposed to treat you. That's really included in the same sign. The second sign of narcissism exposure is an exaggerated startle response. This is actually fairly common with post-traumatic stress disorder and of course physical abuse. And here we would see this startle response even when engaging in a normal activity. If you're engaging in an activity that violates social norms, then this startle response would really be expected. People tend to be a little jumpy when they're doing something wrong. But here again, I'm talking about engaging in a normal everyday activity and still having that same exaggerated startle response. Sign number three is being fearful, nervous, or worried when you make a relatively benign decision. So for example, say you like to buy a particular product and you usually get it from an online supplier for a fairly low price, but you run out. So we go out to the store to get it and maybe it's more expensive than usual at the store or you have to buy a different brand of the product. This is really kind of an everyday decision and normally wouldn't be associated with being afraid or nervous. But with narcissism exposure, this could lead to these feelings. There's really this sense of dependency that forms along with this fear, right? So you realize by making that benign decision that you violated the expectations of the narcissist. And again, that's what causes the worry. Now, the fourth sign is somewhat similar. This is having those same feelings of nervousness and worry when you make a relatively small mistake, right? So parking the car and you bump into another car and scratch it, or maybe back into something that was in the driveway you didn't see, like a lawnmower or something like that. 
or like paying a bill late and having to pay a late fee or forgetting something when you go to the store. So these are really very small mistakes. And again, normally shouldn't be associated with a lot of anxiety or fear. But when the narcissist finds out, you kind of know there's going to be a reaction. And this leads to the feelings of anxiety. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Science! 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 Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. Now, sign number five is about distance from the narcissist. So, Say that in a romantic setting, or this could be in a work setting as well, though, but say in a romantic setting that you're going to go on a vacation or a business trip or your partner is, and again, presuming that they're the narcissist here. And when this separation takes place, before it takes place, you feel kind of worried about it, like you're anxious about them leaving, or if you have to leave, anxious about yourself leaving. But then really within the first day, when the separation takes place, you feel better, really maybe better than you ever have since the relationship started. So this is really because the exposure has been cut off. And because people who are in a relationship with a narcissist kind of get used to that, that explains that feeling of uneasiness. But then again, right away, it actually feels much better. And what typically happens is as the end of that vacation or business trip, whatever comes near, the feelings of anxiety return because you know that that separation period is going to be ending. So I look at this as kind of similar to when physicians talk about how it's important to stop smoking or drinking because the damaging effects of smoking and drinking will start to reverse almost immediately after stopping. So they're trying to be encouraging, saying, look, if you get away from this habit now, things could turn around for you. I think of narcissism exposure in a sense as similar because the benefits of being away from the narcissist tend to come about fairly quickly. The problem, of course, is that relationships are much more complex than something like smoking or drinking. And this wouldn't be true for everybody. Some people try to separate from the narcissist and it ends up being a disaster. So we can't necessarily use that analogy with smoking and drinking in every situation, but I have seen this as fairly common with narcissism exposure. Now, sign number six has to do with self-talk kind of what people say to themselves. And if you tell yourself that you deserve the narcissist, that you're somehow wrong or bad, and you had this coming for that wrong or bad behavior, that your relationship 
is in essence a punishment for things that you've done. But still, even with all this self-talk, you remain unconvinced based on the weight of the evidence. This is an indication of narcissism exposure. Narcissists tend to convince people that they're bad or evil, meaning the other person is bad or evil. This is called gaslighting. And this manipulation is done in order to keep control of the other person. So really, this sign shouldn't be very surprising given that manipulation tactic. Sign number seven has to deal with when you have good news, when something good has happened to you and you feel excited and you want to tell somebody about it. A lot of times when somebody's in a romantic relationship, the first person they want to tell is the romantic partner. But with narcissism exposure, you don't really want to tell your partner the good news. You find yourself wanting to share it with a friend or another family member first. And this is because you get excited thinking about that positive event. It's very encouraging. But when you start thinking about telling the narcissist, that actually takes away from the fun. That diminishes the excitement. And this is essentially because they don't care. They won't be excited for you, and they're really not a good listener anyway. So it seems kind of like a waste and anticlimactic to tell your partner when you could tell somebody else who would be genuinely excited for you and care about your good news. Sign number eight is if somebody envies the way other couples interact, right? So if you see another couple interacting and they seem mutually supportive, positive, and they're acting seemingly without fear. This is a sign of narcissism exposure. And similarly, if you see the same thing in terms of employment relationship, you see a person and their supervisor interacting in a way that doesn't involve like a lot of resentment and you kind of fantasize or have jealousy about that relationship. Now, this sign makes sense because those relationships have something that you don't have or they lack something that you do have that you would rather not have, like the manipulation or the abuse that comes with being with a narcissist. Now, sign number nine is really about contemplating manipulative behaviors and coming up with a good defense for one of the arguments kind of made against you, one of the false allegations that's part of that manipulation we see from narcissists. So, for example, you come up with a good idea of why you actually have value, because again, the narcissist tries to say that you don't have value. And you kind of replay this argument. You use some self-talk, you tell yourself this argument, it's a good argument, it makes a lot of sense, but you never say it to the narcissist. And the reason you don't say it is because you know it's just going to lead to an argument where somehow, once again, you're going to be made to feel that you are bad or wrong, or specifically in the case with the value, that you have little value. So essentially, sign number nine is resignation. Now, sometimes when I talk about these signs, I hear this argument that I want to address because it's, I think, worth addressing. It's a legitimate point, but I think it can be countered fairly quickly. And that is the discussion on causality. Sometimes when narcissists abuse other people or they just manifest these traits around other people, even if it doesn't rise to the level of abuse, and they notice features in the other person like low self-esteem, self-doubt, and low confidence, they make this argument that those behaviors, like the low self-confidence, cause them to be narcissistic. So they're kind of spinning around the causality model, suggesting that the person who's being abused or being mistreated caused somebody to be narcissistic. And 
self-esteem problems, self-doubt problems, all these different things I talk about, none of these factors actually make a romantic partner or anyone else a narcissist. So it's an interesting argument, but it kind of mixes up what we know from science in terms of causality and narcissism. Narcissism is determined early in life and relatively stable throughout the lifespan. By the time somebody's old enough to have a romantic relationship or be in a work setting, the level of narcissism has already been determined. Somebody can't blame their partner or their employee or whatever the situation is for making them narcissistic. It just doesn't make sense based on the order in which these things occur. Narcissism would exist first, and then we would see these other characteristics, these signs appear. Now, one could make the argument that something else caused the signs and symptoms, and that could be legitimate in many cases. But the argument that those signs and symptoms cause narcissism really doesn't make any sense. And in one way, it could be thought of as simply another attempt at gaslighting to kind of turn the problem around and make the other person responsible is really a common behavior of narcissists. So I mentioned before that these signs can be caused by a lot of different things, not just narcissism. But I think it should be concerning that the signs of narcissism exposure have such an overlap with what we see from people who are exposed to physical abuse and that there's overlap with symptoms of depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Again, I think this should be frightening and a bit unnerving. That's an appropriate reaction. And it lets us really understand how being exposed to a narcissist can be very destructive. If that exposure is associated with mental disorders, that's kind of a wake-up call. Just because narcissism is a term we only really see a few times in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, mostly around narcissistic personality disorder, I talked about that before, that doesn't mean that narcissism isn't serious. It doesn't mean the effects of narcissism exposure can be discounted. They're actually very serious. I think much more serious than a lot of people realize. Narcissism is pernicious. It's destructive. And we have to really be careful around it. And I think, as I mentioned before, it makes a lot of sense to see a mental health counselor if you feel like you're being exposed to narcissistic behavior. For more content like this, check out Healthy Toxic, another podcast from Ars Longa Media, all about what makes or breaks relationships, including issues related to narcissism, narcissistic abuse, and how personality disorders affect relationships. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Learn more at ArsLonga.media. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.